Welcome back, crime enthusiasts. This is the second episode of The Freaky Deaky, True Crime in the 49. I'm your host, Heather, along with China. Hello. And this is the case of Erin Marie Gilbert. This is another one I don't think China's heard of either. I so. have not, no. I did not grow up in Alaska, so I know some cases, but not all of them. Yeah, so for all our viewers, I was born and raised in Anchorage. And China moved up here at 18? Yes, yeah, back 18 in 2009. Old, so. Enough time now that, you know, she's in Alaska and we'll call her that. But <laughs> Well, this is the case of Erin Marie Gilbert. Erin Gilbert was excited as she got ready for her first date with Dave Combs on the afternoon of July 1st, 1995. Erin was newer in town and young and frequently would go out to the local bar Chilkoot Charlie's, better known as Coots. China, yes. I know you've been there. That bar has been around for a long time, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After running into each other a couple of times at Coots, Erin and Dave had made plans to attend Girdwood Forest Fair in Girdwood, Alaska. David planned to pick Aaron up at 4 p.m. So Aaron planned to wait outside for him, although she wasn't alone. Her sister and brother-in-law, along with their children, waited outside with her, eager to meet the man that Aaron had told them all about. Dave arrived right on time, and once he got out of the car, Aaron introduced him to her family. Her brother-in-law asked Dave to take his sunglasses off so he could get a better look at him, and Dave complied with a smile. Many sources allude to this small detail about Dave's sunglasses, being as if it's something like shady, which, like you know, summer in Alaska, it's bright. Everyone's wearing them. It's bright. So I feel like the detail they kept grasping on this, like, yeah, it seems shady if you're thinking he's some serious date. And and were they outside missing. at the time of this? Yes. So they yeah. were outside. I mean, he asked him to take his sunglasses off. He did. Yeah. People don't realize this, but in the summertime, when the sun's out in Alaska, it is very, very bright and will hurt your eyes. Yes. I mean, I even catch myself like dusk sometimes still having my glasses on. I'm feeling like it's not really bright enough out for him. But I mean, the sun's just it sits differently up Mm -hmm. here. Once it appeared that Dave had been approved by the group, Erin climbed into her car. Her four year old nephew told her she should take a cell phone with her. Erin laughed and assured her nephew she would be fine. She gave them a final wave and the couple drove off. It was the last time Erin's family would ever see her. And I'm sorry, what year was this again? This was in 1995. And they had a cell phone in 1995? Right. That's what I was thinking. I was like, back in like 95, my mom had like the brick phone. Yeah. I remember the brick cell phone. Yeah, so, then. I mean, he's they noted that and I mean, the multiple sources all said the nephew said, you know, you should take a cell phone. And she's like, I'll be fine. So I don't know if she had one or if they had like maybe a joint one the family shared for this outing. Because again, it's 95. Like who? Who had cell phones? Yeah. Aaron was 24 years old and had moved to Anchorage, Alaska about a year earlier. Her older sister, Stephanie, being a military spouse, was alone a good portion of the time due to her husband's work, and she had two young children. Aaron had been living in San Francisco with her father and was young and had a life ahead of her, so her sister finally persuaded her and made her make the move. Quickly, Stephanie had a job lined up for Aaron as a nanny for one of her friends. In addition to working, Aaron was scheduled to start cosmetology school in a few weeks. The drive from Anchorage to Girdwood took about an hour. They reached the fair around 5 p.m. Now, to paint a picture for anyone who hasn't been to Girdwood, it's just 37 miles south of Anchorage. The weather can be dramatically different, in part because the tiny community is nearly ringed by Chugach Mountains. 
Girdwood also borders the northernmost rainforest in the world and is covered in huge trees and dense forests. We actually had China's bachelorette party there. And even being local Alaskans and outdoor enthusiasts, I could see where we could easily get lost. Yeah, you're pretty much in the mountains in Girdwood. And there is a lot of dense forest nearby and lots of bears. And that's what leads me to my next point (laughs) is alone with the thick forest, Girdwood is swarming for bear country. Um, Even when we're staying for your, again, your bachelorette party, we we were there for one night and we saw a bear. It's just, they're so frequent there. They've gotten so used to, it's a huge tourist town and not a lot scares them off. After arriving in Girdwood at five, Aaron and Dave had spent some time walking around and looking at the various vendors and stands. At least one witness remembered seeing Aaron and Dave at a beer garden on the fairgrounds in the early evening. And Dave said they left around 6 p.m. to go back to his car. And you've been to Forest Fair, right, China? Yes, once before. So yeah, Girdwood Forest Fair takes place in the middle of Girdwood. It's just this tiny little, you know, it's a ski resort town, not a whole bunch of shops. But every year in July, they do the Forest Fair, which is just local vendors, little shops. They all line up and yeah, think of like your your state fair, but on a much smaller scale. It's a little more hippie vibes, lots of local made art and different things they usually have, you know, uh, local artists singing and a a beer garden. So cool, you know, first date atmosphere. At six, they go back to the car. And unfortunately, he was unable to get his car to start and assume the battery had gone dead from the lights being left on. Alaska had recently made it a requirement for drivers on the Seward Highway to have their car headlights on at all times. Whether it was daylight or not, Dave, still not used to having his headlights on during the day, figured he just forgot to turn his lights off when he parked. Dave told Aaron that he had a friend who lived nearby and said that he would walk there and get help while Aaron waited with the car. According to Dave, he walked around for two hours but was unable to find his friend's house, which given the town layout of Girdwood, I think is a little hard to believe. (laughs) It took him two hours to walk around that town and not find his friend's house. That seems bit unbelievable to me that's where the story gets me i'm like okay like there's like two main roads in girdwood it's not a big town at all (laughs) and second of all i mean if they're your friends well enough you think you would like i get like maybe getting a little lost on like one or two streets but two hours of walking in tiny little girdwood like yeah what that yeah again like this guy seems so fishy so two hours he doesn't find anyone and he walks back When he finally made it back to the fair's parking lot, Aaron was gone. He assumed that she had gotten annoyed at having to wait for so long and had left. Unsure of what to do, he climbed back into his car and tried to start it. And apparently, Dave got lucky because now the car just starts. Oh, how convenient. And I mean, I'm no mechanic, but I don't think cars just magically come back to life. (laughs) At least when the battery's dead. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It could have just started again, but it is pretty convenient that it wouldn't start beforehand. And then when he comes back to his car and Aaron's gone, oh, it started. It magically starts. Dave told the police that he searched around the fair for Aaron until about 1 a.m. before deciding that she must have found another way home. He waited until 7 a.m. before he called Aaron's house to see if she was there. Right away, Stephanie knew something was wrong. Aaron had never come home the night before. This was completely out of character for her. She had never stayed away an entire night. And the few times that she'd even been out late, like she'd call and say, hey, I'm going to be late. Like super courteous to her sister just does not seem like anything that she would do. 
Grabbing her husband and children, Stephanie immediately made the one-hour drive to Girdwood and began scouring the fairgrounds for any signs of Aaron. Standing almost six feet tall, Aaron always stood out in a crowd. Being six foot tall myself, I completely understand (laughs) that. But they had no luck finding her. Stephanie got someone on stage to make an announcement that they were looking for a missing person, and some of the fair's attendees joined in search for Aaron. When it became clear that Aaron wasn't at the fair, Stephanie called the police. Now, mind you, this is, you know, four fairs usually three days in a row. So Aaron and them went out. This is the complete next day. She just finds a new crowd and they they pitch in and help look. So it wasn't like it was that night. It was close to anything when she was like this was a whole, you know, 24 hours into the next day that they're having people look and like no signs of Aaron. She also made the wise move of stopping by the studio of a local television station and got them to include Aaron's picture on the news. Police arrived immediately and conducted their own search for Aaron, combing through the fairgrounds and the woods surrounding the area. It was a daunting task, but fairly routine for officers. Alaskan police take thousands of missing person reports each year, and nearly all of them are successfully resolved in a short amount of time. Being primarily outdoor activities, it's not uncommon for hikers to get off trail and quickly be found. Aaron's family continued to conduct their own search as well. Kurt Gilbert flew to Alaska to help look for his daughter. Upon his arrival, his heart sank as he realized just how large the state was. <laughs> the area was underdeveloped when compared to most states, leaving vast open spaces that seemed to go on forever. He knew his daughter could just be anywhere. Which I think that's what people don't realize about a lot of these Alaskan cases, especially with, I mean, a good population of our state fly airplanes commercial planes and things that people can do boats planes i mean it is so much of our land is untouched and Mm -hmm. owned by the state and it's just a needle in a haystack yes over the next couple of days police conducted an extensive search of girdwood tracking dogs were brought in but they were unable to determine where aaron might have gone helicopter crews completed numerous flyovers of the area but saw nothing out of the ordinary detect Oh. Were there any like because you know how she was standing by supposedly standing by the car waiting for a couple hours? Were there um because you know I'm assuming they're kind of off of a busy road or something. Did anyone happen to see her when they were driving by? There's no other or accounts, walking by. I even just found their timeline crazy to begin with. They got there at five, yeah, so that's and kind by of what... six they were done walking. So I don't know if and this what guy's time does well I guess timeline was off and he was just like throwing out random times because yeah. to me like. Driving all the way to Girdwood, getting there, and saying an hour later you're done and leaving. Like, I mean, Forest Fair isn't that big. But by the time you walk over there, you see different stands, you have a beer. It just seems really like a short time to – like, this whole timeline on things seems off. Two hours to walk around Girdwood and – so yeah and i find it depending on where they're parked of course i do find it kind of hard to believe that she really was waiting by the car that no one else saw her you know during first fair there is a lot of people in that small town so there's a lot of people walking around a lot of people driving i just feel like someone would have had to see her yeah and aside from people saying they saw them at the beer garden that's like the only time people had said they'd seen her so like i said this whole story is just you're going off of one guy's Version of, of what events. happened, yeah. yeah. Detectives interviewed Aaron's family and considered the possibility that she had disappeared voluntarily, but Stephanie was certain that was not the case. Aaron had too much to live for and absolutely no reason to run away. She was a mature, responsible girl, loved her job, and was about to start cosmetology school. 
She dreamed of one day becoming a successful author and loved reading to her sister's children. She was close with her family and would never have gone off and not called them. They all believed and thought that Aaron running away was absolutely ridiculous. Plus, where is she going to run to? Like, right. we're in Alaska. <laughs> the only way to get out of this state is either fly out of this, this state where there's records or you're going to have to cross over through Canada. You well, know? even if she was just not okay with her life, I just don't see going on a blind date and that being her premise of disappearing yeah. like a thing. Especially you're trying to disappear out of Girdwood. Like, yeah. There's really nowhere to go in between there. <laughs> no. <laughs> you could head south or you could head back to Anchorage. As the last person who saw Aaron, Dave Combs was of great interest to investigators. He cooperated in the initial stages of the investigation and gave several statements to two detectives. His account of the day Aaron went missing never varied, and in he insisted that he left her at the car. And when he returned two hours later, she was gone. Detectives categorized Aaron's disappearance as a missing person case and stressed that it was not a homicide investigation. They noted that they had no reason to believe that she wasn't alive. They had no crime scene, no body to indicate otherwise. Even if she were dead, it wouldn't necessarily mean that foul play was involved. Many people have died in Alaska after simply getting lost in the woods. Aaron had never been someone prone to wandering in the woods, and it seemed unlikely that she would have gone into any wooded area alone. It's possible that Dave wasn't actually the last person to see Aaron. She may have gotten tired of waiting for him to return and had decided to accept a ride with an unknown person who then did something to her. Despite this, detectives were frustrated by the total lack of evidence in the case. and They simply had no idea where Aaron might have gone. So, I mean, I do find that, like, that angle believable. I mean, she could have been standing there. A car could have come by. Yeah, it could have been someone else. They could have, she could have tried to hitchhike a ride. Maybe she thought she was being abandoned, like stood up by this dude. And she decided to hitchhike a ride back into Anchorage. And the person who picked her up was not that great of a person and did something to her. So that is possible too. Yeah, because I understand, like, I mean, if it was 20 minutes, like, okay, like, maybe you just need to calm down and wait a little bit longer. But two hours, I it, could get. I would and probably this is before, get like, tired of waiting after that. Cell phones, everything. So, I mean, just sitting there forever, I'm sure it felt even longer than two yeah. hours waiting for someone. And I probably would have thought he just ditched me to go hang out with his friends. Yeah, I mean, like, here's your blind date. The guy's car can't even start. And then you're just gone two hours later. but once again on the other side of that coin wouldn't she wouldn't you think that maybe she would try to find someone who had a phone and call her family to come pick her up or something yeah i mean i'm personally not comfortable with hitchhiking so that would be my last choice ever but i don't know how comfortable she was with right that. like i mean if it's 6 p.m and this timeline Clearly, some places had to be open that could have had a public oh, phone yeah. that she could have said, hey, can I call in, check in, something. So it's just, like I said, the story, just however you put it, it doesn't sit right. And talk about a sister's love. Stephanie refused to give up for the search for her younger sister and made regular trips to Girdwood to continue looking for any sign of her. She walked through miles of woods and hung up thousands of missing posters, but nothing brought her any closer to finding them. She and her family moved to Washington in September of 1996, but she continued to return to Alaska constantly searching for any shred of evidence that might point to Aaron's whereabouts. 2017, the family pooled their resources and offered a $35,000 reward for information leading to Aaron or the person responsible for her disappearance. A few tips were called in, but detectives were unable to develop any solid leads. 
The case has been assigned to the Alaska State Police and Cold Case Unit, and a, a detective routinely goes through thousands of pages in Aaron's case file, hoping to find something that they may have missed. There have been no recent developments in the case, but it is still considered active, and detectives believe that it can be solved. According to police, Dave Combs is not a suspect in Aaron's disappearance, but they do still have some questions they would like to ask him. He cooperated with them at first, but hasn't spoken to anyone about the case in years. A cold case detective has made multiple attempts to speak with him, but he has not returned any phone calls. Detectives believe that Aaron made it to the fair safely, and they have witnesses that recall seeing both her and Dave there. They have not been able to find anyone who saw Dave during the hours that he claimed he was walking around looking for his friend's house. So this part of the story cannot be confirmed. His story about the car suddenly starting after sitting for a few hours with the dead battery is also a matter of concern, as the dead battery can't suddenly recharge itself. I also find it concerning that no one saw him when he was walking around for two hours. Once again, not a big town. This is during Forestville. Granted, I know it's the 90s and Alaska probably didn't have the population that it has today, but it's usually a popular thing. There's lots of people that specifically go out to Girdwood for the weekend to attend Forest Fair. And oh, even yeah. during a non-Forest Fair, there's just a lot of people out and about walking around in Girdwood because there is a lot of trails. There's a lot of people biking. You know, it's a very outdoorsy type of community. So I find it a little unlikely that during the two-hour walk, not a single person was saw him and confirmed that they saw him walking around. I'm with you because if he were saying this was like 2 a.m., maybe, you know, people are going to sleep. It's a little bit of a sleepy town, but six o'clock at night, you're telling me. So from like six to eight, nobody sees this guy. Yeah, especially considering that this is either on a Friday or a Saturday. And yeah. I'm sure there were people out and about. Yeah, it just doesn't add up. Aaron's family has not had any contact with Dave since the disappearance. They continue to hope that Aaron is still alive, but are well aware that the amount of time that has passed makes a happy ending unlikely. They believe that someone out there knows what happened to Aaron that night, and they continue to offer a reward for information in the hopes that someone will finally come forward and allow them to bring their sister home. Aaron Gilbert was 24 years old when she went missing in 1995. She has hazel eyes and brown hair. And at the time of her disappearance, she was 5 feet 11 inches tall and weighed 145 pounds. When she was last seen, she was wearing a black and white striped shirt, black jeans, a black leather jacket, and brown mountain boots. Her hair had been cut into a short bob before she went missing. She has a tattoo of a blue flower on the right side of her chest. If you have any information about Erin, please call the Alaska State Police at 907 907- Four two eight seven two zero zero, or Lieutenant Randy McFerrin, the investigator assigned to Aaron's case at 907-269-5611. You can also leave tips on the Finding Aaron Marie Gilbert public Facebook page set up by Aaron's sister. You can also call Anchorage Crime Stoppers hotline 907-561-7867 or leave a tip at AnchorageCrimestoppers.com and go to the Submit a Tip tab. So I lied earlier because I said I didn't haven't heard of this case before, but I actually have heard of this case. But for some reason, I thought it took place more recently. I didn't realize this case actually took place back in the 90s. I think what I was remembering is 
when the family came out with that reward, I'm assuming that that probably got brought up in the media again. And that's how I heard about the case. But yeah, I didn't realize that this actually took place in the 90s. Yeah, and interestingly, um, I have a friend that she's a vendor. She's a local vendor, the original gourmet ice cream bars. If you live up here and you've had them, you know who they are. They're amazing. Very. <laughs> she young. has used this as a teaching moment from then because they've worked the forest fairs since the first forest fair. And so with their girls now, it's always an annual thing every year saying, we don't walk alone. We stick together and just use it as a teachable moment. So hopefully no one has to go through what Aaron's family is going through. And does Dave still live in Alaska? That I could not confirm. And like I said, he has not opened up. I know even in the Dateline interview, they tried to find and reach out and he just no comment. And one thing I'll say to the guy, his story stayed consistent at least, but I just find huge holes in the timeline yeah. of this case. Yeah, I do too. So I hope there is justice one day for Aaron and her family because I just don't understand how someone could go through their entire life not knowing what happened yeah well thanks for joining us that's the freaky deaky true crime in the 49 goodbye everyone goodbye